Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us today. So much is happening in the world today that impacts investing. So we need to focus on current events and consider the impact they have on specific companies. So let's just begin with a a little discussion of uh, the current stock market. Let's say an update on the stock market. But let's, let's consider how we got to where we are today. Last March, the stock market went into a severe decline. Prices dropped significantly after we started to learn about the impact and potential impact of COVID-19. But once things settled down a bit, the stock market began to recover. Now, when I say settle down, once we started to adjust to how to handle life, given restrictions, and given the risks of COVID, the stock market responded favorably. It has steadily increased, led by technology companies. After that March decline, it was relatively easy to pick winning companies, that is, those whose stock price rises. If you followed technology companies such as Zoom or Tesla, which is actually a technology company, and other companies that addressed and whose products help people to cope living and working during the restrictions, those companies thrived. In recent months, though, we saw a decline in technology company prices and other more traditional industrial companies, their prices started to rise. You might call this a rotating market where some sectors were rising while others were not. You could have noticed that the Dow Jones industrial average was up while the NASDAQ was down. NASDAQ reflects technology. The Dow reflects more the traditional industrial type companies. On many days, the stock market has been up significantly. And on a number of days, it's been down significantly. The market would seem to like stimulus. Talks of government stimulus seem to push the market higher. It does seem to ignore what some are concerned about as the risks of stimulus And that is the risk of putting so much money into the economy and causing inflation. But the stock market has handled that very well. What we can say, though, is that there has been a great deal of volatility, and we should expect volatility. And that is wide swings in stock prices, both up and down. But we also need to keep in mind, there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines in bank accounts and in corporate accounts. And that money could find its way into the stock market. And if it does, that should drive prices higher. So my opinion, we should be targeted in making our investments. It may not be as easy as it's been since April of 2020, but there are many opportunities. And if we proceed with caution, we can take advantage of those opportunities. Another important current event, which we cannot ignore because it's still in our lives, 
is COVID-19. The status seems to change every day. The number of new cases goes up and they go down. Today, the Wall Street Journal reported vaccinations rise, but so do cases. It tells us that expanded reopenings and new variants are cited as reasons for the uptick in cases. By the way, European countries have also seen recent spikes. New Jersey has seen a recent spike, yet more businesses are opening and the government is planning to relax some of the restrictions. So we can observe that people are traveling, they do want to eat out, and the baseball season is beginning. And in most cases, it's with limited fans in attendance. COVID is still in our lives. It still gives us risks in running our lives. By the way, I am a cautious person, and I will be careful as I approach my life in light of COVID. I carry that same careful approach to the stock market, and I will continue to be careful with how I invest. As we consider good news and sometimes the bad news, we cannot ignore the impact of the vaccine. The vaccine appears to have brought the number of deaths down. The number of cases is still varying. But our way out of this situation, I believe, is through the vaccine. And any discussion of the vaccine is not complete without a discussion of Pfizer. We have discussed Pfizer for quite some time. We have spoken about it being a worthwhile investment, and it seems that it still is. For full disclosure, I still own this stock, and I have no plans to sell it. I'll get back to my favorite question, why? So why should we consider Pfizer? Why should we stay with Pfizer? Well, successful vaccine development has taught Pfizer a great deal about making products, and what they have learned will be used in future products. By the way, Pfizer is also in the news. In a Wall Street Journal article, the headline was, Pfizer's shot effective in 12 to 15-year-olds. It was 100% effective in protecting against systematic disease in a study of more than 2,000 children. Researchers found no safety concerns, and they say we can expect inoculations before the summer. It has not yet been cleared for children under age 16, and many people may resist having their children take the vaccine. But it's certainly good news that it would appear that a vaccine will be available for those who want it. It can be an important development because it will allow children to attend school in person. And this will help, help open the economy because then more parents will be free to go to work or to work at home with, without having to monitor their children's activities in, in a classroom. Vaccines are only part of Pfizer's business. They have many other drugs in, in their pipeline. They are working on many other diseases. We can expect the need for booster shots down the road. That's already been talked about. We can also expect for Pfizer to be a leader in this, in this uh, continued vaccination. Pfizer's metrics, they are every bit as good as they were previously. Its beta is 0.71, less than one. Pfizer is less risky than the market. 
it pays a dividend. And the dividend yields or pays based on today's investment, roughly four and a half percent. You collect dividends that are four and a half percent of your investment while you wait for the stock price to go up. So in my opinion, Pfizer is worth continuing to own. From Pfizer, let's move to another company which I see is very important in addressing the COVID situation. The name of the company is Maravi Life Sciences. Its symbol is MRVI. I'm going to refer to this company as Life Sciences. So why should we consider this company? Well, they help drug companies create new therapeutics, diagnostics, and vaccines. They provide support research on human diseases. So Life Sciences is composed of four companies with different specialties, all within healthcare research and drug development. It has a subsidiary, TriLink Biotechnologies, and this is a global leader in RNA synthesis. By the way, RNA tells the body how to make proteins. And this was an important part of the development of the vaccine. This was a component that Life Sciences provided to Pfizer and BioNTech for their COVID-19 vaccine. It has many products under patent protection that are used in pharmaceutical development. Life Sciences has 5,000 customers, including the world's top 20 drug manufacturers. So you might ask, why have I not heard of this? It went public in November. So in terms of being available for investment, it's relatively new. So at this point, it doesn't have a beta. However, its financials show eight consecutive quarters of double-digit revenue growth. You remember that revenue growth is an extremely important measure of a company's health, and it's especially important for new companies such as Life Sciences. It's earning 53% on its equity. It's expected to earn $220 million from Pfizer's COVID vaccine this year. It has a strong pipeline, has a price earnings ratio, which is high of 77, but its forward price earnings ratio is 39.48. You might remember that price earnings ratio gives you an indication of how cheap or expensive a company's stock is. And when the price earnings ratio, as compared to its expected future price earnings ratio, when it goes down, oh, that's a very positive sign because it means earnings are expected to go up. And for life sciences, its forward price earnings ratio is significantly different from its PE, significantly lower. Life Sciences answer to the why question is an outstanding answer. It is an important part of the COVID solution. For full disclosure, I purchased stock in Life Sciences. As any new public company, Life Sciences has risks. It's riskier than Pfizer because it's not as big and it's not as well established. But in my opinion, it's a risk well worth taking and it may actually turn out to be an important company in our lives. Let's move to another important, significant current event. I'll let the Wall Street Journal headline tell the story. Biden unveils public works package. It discusses how President Biden has proposed an infrastructure plan centered on fixing roads and bridges, expanding and boosting funding for research and development, 
and funding that involves electric vehicles. So first of all, let's emphasize, this is a proposal. It still needs to be developed. There is opposition to this proposal, certainly, from the Republican side. There's also some opposition from the Democratic side. One of the concerns is that it's massive. It's a $2.3 trillion proposal. It includes many components that are unrelated to infrastructure, and that may be an issue. It includes tax increases. That may, too, be an issue. So there is opposition. But keep in mind that Biden and the Democrats control the House, and they can control the Senate. So personally, I would expect that some form of infrastructure spending goes through. By the way, infrastructure spending has been neglected for quite some time. And if you look at particular roads and bridges, you can see places that do need help. So I expect negotiations to consider uh, continue. And it will take time. It's not expected to be completed until roughly July. But the impact of this proposed legislation is something that investors should be thinking about because there are a number of companies that are worth watching as we wait to see how this plan unfolds, how what's exactly in it, what the details are, and how it is negotiated. An example of a company that could benefit from this, Vulcan Materials. Its symbol is VMC. It's a supplier of construction aggregates, primarily crushed sand, stone, gravel. It produces asphalt and ready-mixed cement products. It would benefit greatly from almost any physical infrastructure plan. And that's why it has risen from $88 per share early this year to a current price of $168. It has a beta of 0.58, which means its risk is low. It has a forward PE that's lower than its PE, and it pays a dividend. What a concern is the current price, $168 per share. That could make student investors hesitate. And I will tell you, it makes me hesitate. But what I will do is watch this company and see what happens on down days and see how it develops as new plans come out. But I use this company as an example of how many companies that are in the fields that could benefit from infrastructure spending, they've already become expensive. And that helps as we consider another company. The name of that company is Vail. Its symbol is Vail. V-A-L-E. It's based in Rio de Janeiro. It is a global producer of iron ore, and it's one of the top three iron ore processors in the world. So in addition to iron ore, it makes iron ore pellets, which are key components of making steel. And steel is used to build bridges. It's used in many buildings. Vale produces nickel, copper, potash, fertilizers. It mines gold, silver, and cobalt. 80% of its electricity uses use, usage is from renewable sources, mainly wind and solar. So mining is generally considered to be somewhat of a dirty industry in that traditionally uses so many fossil fuels to do the mining and to make its products. Well, Vale is well on its way to using renewable sources. Vale's beta is 0.93. It's less risky than the market as a whole. Its forward PE is 5.68, which 
which is significantly less than its PE of 18. And it pays a dividend. And you remember that paying a dividend is normally a sign of a less risky company. So its dividend yield today is 4.5%. It's certainly a company worth considering. By the way, as I discuss companies, if I don't mention that I own stock in them, I don't own it. I don't yet own Vail, but I am considering it. Another company to consider, Nucor. The symbol is NEU. It is the largest United States steelmaker. Its products find their way into airports, bridges, dams, and waterways. Everything that was discussed in the infrastructure proposal. They should benefit from the push, which the president is behind, to buy from American companies as a preference. It's called a dividend aristocrat, which means it has raised its dividend every year for 25 years. That's a good sign of financial health. Its beta is 1.42, so it is riskier than the market. But this company also has a forward PE of 19.62, which is significantly lower than its PE of 33. Its dividend yield is 2%. Its stock price today is $68 per share. On down on days the stock market is down, this is a company worth looking into. As you can see, if you're considering investing for infrastructure, some of the prices, the stock prices, are already high. And by the way, I have not even mentioned the companies whose stocks are selling for over $300 per share. I'm looking for opportunities in companies that are worthy of investment, but priced more to investors, such as college students, young people, and I have to admit myself too. One more company, Freeport Mac Moran. Its symbol is F. C-Y. It's one of the world's largest and best-run copper mines. It is a U.S. company, though they have mines in North America and South America. They, too, should benefit from infrastructure spending because of the products that go into making buildings and bridges and the elect uh, electrical components that go in into them. Freeport McMoran should benefit from green energy initiatives. Electric vehicles use about four times as much copper as traditional internal combustion vehicles do. So copper should be in greater demand in electric vehicles. By the way, copper is also used to make solar and wind energy components. Freeport McMoran should benefit from both the infrastructure initiative and certainly from the push to sustainable vehicles in terms of using electric rather than fossil fuels. Freeport McMoran has a beta of 2.11, so it's twice as risky as the market. It sells for today about $32 per share. As in the other companies that I mentioned, its forward PE is lower than its PE. Its forward is 11.23, and its PE is 80. In other words, it is predicted that Freeport McMoran will have significant profits in the near future over the next year. So these companies are just a few of those that can benefit based on the current events and what would appear to be in our future. The importance of current events cannot be understated.
both in our personal lives and our investing lives. Current events reveal to us opportunities that we should consider taking advantage of. I believe the companies that we spoke about today are worth following and watching as time goes on to see what comes out of the infrastructure bill and to look for days when the stock market is down. They may be opportunities to buy companies that will benefit from where the economy seems that it is going. Thank you for your attention, and I'll see you next time. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.